0: If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast@gmail.com, 4 at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at liveon 4 legs Podcast, and on Twitter at liveon 4 legs Pod.
1: Kick off your shoes, I know you ain't going anywhere. Is it okay if I uh, speak to you in English? Because about the only thing I know how to do in Dutch is uh, order pop in a cafe. But uh, it's nice to have been out of America for the last couple weeks. And it's not that... uh, uh Well, I was going to introduce the next two songs because in America, uh, what we do for fun, uh, because we're kind of an advanced uh, culture. And so uh, we have some... uh, really kind of futuristic ways of of handling our overpopulation problem, and and, and that is that we give each other guns and we all kill one another. Because it's fucking fun.
0: And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mrs.
2: Stone Gossett.
1: Fucking camera in the (laughs) dark.
2: Mr. Boom Gasper!
1: (laughs) You can call me Al, you can call me Ed, you just just fucking call me right or something.
0: Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on 4 Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And whether you're listening in for the first time or the 83rd time, we are a Pearl Jam podcast that focuses on the live shows and the live history of the band. So you take a show like today from 20 years ago, Pink Pop 2000 that we're going to talk about and and we're going to talk a lot about you know how the history of the festivals and how popular it was for them to play festivals and even the pink pop history is important into the Pearl Jam legacy so if you haven't listened in before that's sort of what we do here and let's introduce our host now I'm Randy Sobel here and that's John Farrar over there and uh, we have a very good episode today John are you excited for it?
3: Oh yeah, fantastic! Like, for a long time we kind of ignored this 2000 tour, and I'm I'm glad that it recently and including today we're going to be doing some catch up and and doing some of these shows because this is this is a fantastic tour.
0: Yeah, for a lot of. It it kind of I like hitting anniversaries of things, and this is coming out. I, I believe the day it comes out is two days before this is the twentieth anniversary of yeah. this show. So it's it's good to take those you know milestones and and talk about them on the days that uh, that are important to people because people are listening in that were at Pink Pop two thousand and they're thinking, wow, that's twenty years ago. Holy crap, that's that's amazing. I got to go and listen to the boot today. We
3: are here to remind you of how old we're all getting
0: <laughs> This is absolutely the truth or <laughs> or if you're young, we're here to remind you that there were so many things that have happened before you were even born because there were people that that are probably listening to the show that weren't born by the time Pink pop two thousand came along, which is just it's just silly people. just be born earlier. Why can't you just be born earlier? So today's episode is uh, a request from one of our patrons, from David James, and uh, he requested Pink Pop 2000, which is a very popular show. I think, you know, all festival shows, and especially Pink Pop, when you think about just the history going back to 1992, and when you think of that name, it sort of has this, it has this pleasant attachment to Pearl Jam that, you know, they're going to make me do that speech again. Like you survived today. Well, he almost had, he had his version of, of the, you survived today. (laughs) Uh, he had his version of that in there. And I wonder if that was a throwback, but yeah, it's just cool because there's so many things to go back on and, and to look back, you know, eight years that it was in between. I think they, I think they've only played it three times. So it took them 18 years to play it again, and they went back and did some of the things that they did uh, from the original Pink Pop in 92, and they did that in, in 2018. So it, it's it's a cool little landmark in their history, and especially a time where you know they were they were still popular, but they weren't the most popular band on the planet but they you know they were showing here that they are still keeping up and and you know kick and tail like like have have we
3: covered all three of these now have we completed the trilogy
0: no because we haven't done 2018 okay Okay. so
3: so this is the second part in the trilogy that we're
0: covered correct correct 2018 uh, you know how i feel about getting to 2018 shows i think it's too soon i mean we've done a few though yeah, we, we have, we have, and we're probably going to do more, but, you know. He some, started the show with them, the first two episodes. Oh, uh, you know, we need to do, there was a lot on our minds, you know. We, right, we, right. You know, that that was a good way to introduce ourselves, but, um, yeah, this, so, here's what's interesting. So, they, they went seven years without playing a festival show. And it's kind of crazy knowing what we know now that, whoa, seven years that a band that's on at the peak of their existence wasn't playing on platforms that could make them even bigger than they were. And you would think that Ticketmaster probably held them away from, from doing those uh, kind of right. shows. And, you know, when, you know, 96 came around, they were – uh their tour was in the fall so it was at a time where they couldn't do festivals 98 they were just kind of doing their own thing tibetan freedom show was really that was it but you know i think you got to go back to um a show in 93 i think it was the rock am ring there's a couple of those yeah. festivals rock am ring and rock in ring um that uh you know that spread throughout europe but a couple of shows before this pink pop show was their first festival since that date in 93. So they, they're they going a long time without playing in front of right. these massive, massive crowds.
3: And a lot of times you think about the, the, the reason behind playing a festival is a lot of times you're, you're an up and coming band or you're a new band and you want to get your music out there. So you want to play, like it's a good way to get your music to a bunch of people very quickly. who might not have heard of you. And that worked for them in 1992. like, we've talked about how on that, that leg of that tour, they just exploded. And, you know, they went from playing 500 to 1,500 seat places to 5,000, 10,000, you know, arenas, basically. And in the mid, by the mid-90s, by 93, 94, 95, they were the biggest band in the world, like we've talked about. They didn't need to go play these festivals to expose their music to different people, you know? Again, like you talked about with the whole Ticketmaster thing, by, by 96, they've kind of retreated and they're they're kind of stepping away from the spotlight starting to and the yield tour with everything that happened with with matt and jack and having to switch drummers and get that whole thing situated like a whole different kind of thing but yeah in in 2000 like cameron's finally established as the drummer you know binaural has come out like a a month before so they're again they're they're getting back to being the the force of nature on stage that, that we know they can be
0: And it's really this whole tour is supposed to be full steam ahead. And this is, you know, this is happening on June 12th and you get to June 30th, which is, you know, two and a half weeks later. And, you know, another festival show, we obviously know what happens. And then from there, it takes them six years to get back to a festival stage. So it's just, it's really, I mean, it's interesting because they've always been about people's safety. And when you look at, the size of these crowds and especially this one, it's just amazing to oh, it's watch. Massive. It's amazing to watch that many people. And sometimes they go to cutaways. And none of them of people are wearing and... masks. Like what are they? <laughs> yeah, that is a little weird, huh? Yeah. It, it, it it's it's become on. so,
3: yeah. it,
0: it's become so normalized now. You're just like, what? you're actually touching that person. No, you're not supposed to do that.
3: <laughs> so much spit in the air. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. People have their
0: shirts off. Ah, Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, you see the crowd. There's some great, great crowd shots in there where you literally can't see the end of it. Ed could go and jump in the crowd and say, surf me to the back, and it would probably take him a good, like, 20 minutes to even get back there. Maybe even, I don't know, like a half hour or something like that. It's just – it's incredible. Obviously, the whole show is on YouTube. I recommend you definitely watch it. And maybe at this point, if you haven't listened or watched the show in a long time, go back to it before going back to us. And uh, and definitely get your fill of it before um, before kicking into to oh, our yeah. stuff. It's,
3: it's pro-shot footage. Like, they've they've synced up the bootleg. That's one thing I, I kind of miss is you don't hear a lot of the crowd. Even though you see 60,000 people, you don't really hear them because they've got it synced with the official soundboard. So I almost want to go back and listen to an audience recording get the get a feel for how loud the crowd was at this sure
0: yeah for sure but it, it's kind of fitting because in some of those crowd shots they go because this was broadcast in uh, some dutch you know some dutch tv show i think broadcast uh, half right. the show right uh some of those crowd shots they feel like almost accidental shots where they go to people they're not singing you know i think they went to like two people just laying on the lawn and just people just kind of sitting around like some of these are real real random shots you're just like yeah we we know that everybody's paying attention to pearl jam right now but a lot of these people don't actually know them
3: yeah I, i didn't go back and look to see what other bands were playing but i I, I gotta think, you know, they were they were one of the headliners, I think.
0: Well, yeah, so he mentions at the you know, near oh, right, right. the encore, he mentions that Moby is gonna play later and he mentions a band called Gomez who I think opened up for them, was on a side stage. Mm-hmm. And then he says yeah, they
3: were they were a British kind of indie rockish, indie popish kind of band. Yeah, I kinda remember. I remember them, them a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then he says another guy named Ed who gives better Ed than I do is going to come up on stage. And that's well, Ed no, I think he from... Says, I,
3: give, I give better Ed than him.
1: There's another band with a singer called Ed too, but I, I've been told that I give better Ed than he does.
0: <laughs> I thought it was the other way around, but okay. Yeah, that, that does make sense now. Uh, but yeah, that's Ed from uh, the band Live. So... Right. You know, that that's sort of what you're getting in that 2000 era. So let's uh, pause for a second and then we'll get into the set list. Let's talk about some things that are going on in the world of live on four legs. John, Um, we are going to do something cool pretty soon. And we just were we're going to start spreading the word now. And maybe we'll get to the end of the month and we'll set something up for the end of the month. But I got this idea from watching a channel on YouTube that was doing a trivia game, but it was doing it in a different fashion. So you get a category, it's called last man standing, you get a category and, you know, can you name 50 of the top artists, you know, from, yeah, I'm just giving examples from that have had number one singles from 1960 through 2000. And, you know, people go in a circle and, and they, they, You know, they name their artist and, you know, if they get it right, they're safe. If they get it wrong, they're eliminated. So we want to do this elimination challenge and call it the last Pearl Jam fan standing and see, you know, be kind of cool to see how many people can participate and and where we can get to. And, uh, you know, I would love because we have so many intelligent fans out there, but we have I have already a lot of questions that I think can throw tons of people off and get some wrong answers in there. I would love to see with some of our fans that we have, who who could be the last Pearl Jam fan standing.
3: Yeah, I think the point of it is, you know, we'll have to do it on like a on a like Zoom a, call, a chat yeah. server, you know, something like that, or a Discord server maybe, where we can get everyone together. Like you'll have your little square, and we'll. The point of it is to be rapid fire and to be like go round the clock real quick until someone misses, then that person's out, and you keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a a game that makes you think on your feet. I think I think we got some people that can handle that.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and I know we've done Jeopardy in the past. And the reason why we've been hesitant to do it again is because the live stream just sucks. So yeah. we would be doing it. We'd be thinking about about it. But you know, this might be maybe a gateway into more games that we can think about doing cuz we love we love doing it and i think we get a lot of response when when we do the jeopardy stuff especially from people that we've never seen or heard from before you know it, it's cool that we get the whole scope of Pearl Jam fandom. So hopefully if you're in, if this is something you're interested in, get in touch with us on social media or live on four legs, podcast at gmail.com, email us and we'll definitely, we'll get you in. We want as many people as possible. I don't think there is a limit to how many people you can put on zoom, but you know, if we get 30, 40 people to do this, then uh, that would be a cool little experiment. And, you know, just kind of itching to see what the outcome would be. And I know a lot of people that are listening in that are probably like, "Oh, I, I can win that! I can win that!" Oh, you may be surprised. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll try that out. We'll try that out and see see how it works. But you know, this is an idea in, in the process right now. But wanted to share with you guys to sort of kick the tires on it and see if there's enough interest right now that will really get the ball moving. But I think you know, usually with this stuff and and you know how hardcore people are into Pearl Jam, especially right now let's uh i think we can move forward and and, uh, make this one of our things
3: yeah and and we're edging closer and closer to our month of wrigley shows so keep sending us your wrigley stories we've gotten a few already but we definitely want some more so uh any of the shows 2013 2016 2018 if you were there let us know what your experience was like uh we'll we'll add those on those episodes as well we're getting closer to that
0: yeah, we're we have uh, an interesting structure that we're doing. We'll, you know, we'll do some we'll do the actual show episodes, but there's so much to talk about that we're going to do some preeminent episodes where we bring on a guest and we'll talk about sort of the landscape and more instead of the set list, talk about sort of the, the community aspect to those shows, because it was such, you know, everybody has a different story to where they were as to how they got there. You know, there's a lot of stuff to get in. We want to kind of get the full scope of it as much as possible. So yeah, definitely send in your stories for that. Um, you know, don't have to write us a, uh, a masterpiece or a short novel or anything like that, whatever you can get to us is fine. But we were looking to, to get into it and, and get to learn about everybody's stories there for sure. Um, and you know, Patreon, if you want to head on over to Patreon and donate to the show, we, uh, we gave everybody their free bootleg for the month on the fourth as the 4th we we've chosen the fourth, kind of like the 10 club does with 10, we're live on four legs. So we do four. So on the fourth of every month, we send everybody a free bootleg. That is a part of Patreon. So if you would like to donate to the show and uh, be a part of all this and get a lot of exclusive episodes with the bridge school episodes, um, the immortality evolution episode is coming up pretty soon. We do a bunch of right now we're doing um, our top 25 songs, personal songs, uh, that's something we haven't touched on before, so just extra content for you guys if you know, if that's something you're hammering for and you guys like what we're doing, then head on over there, patreon.com slash live on four legs. Shout out to our newest patron, Dan Greenberg. Thank you for joining on in and uh, hopefully Definitely. thanks, Dan. Hopefully, Dan, you're enjoying the content as much as everybody else's. So um, all right, let's move on back into Pink Pop two thousand got this big-ass crowd and this big-ass band to play it let's have some fun
3: oh yeah and i love like he comes out and just hits that chord on the guitar and you know
2: immediately what's coming
0: yeah and I, it's it's perfect Festival crowd, it's it's gonna be so much different than playing towards your normal crowd and, and you know the releases and the long roads and, and the oceans as your opener, they're out of the window. You want everybody to be moving, you want everybody to be excited. A lot of people, this could be the band that they were waiting for all day. You know, this could be the yeah. only band that they want to see. Yeah. Come out firing with corduroy, and they really I mean, how many times are they just going to absolutely just nail Corduroy and hit you right in the good spot? But this is just such a fantastic ver- version to kick you off with a show that has a lot of grit and a lot of heart and a lot of, you know, it feels like it has a lot of emotional determination. I'm going to use that word a lot in this show and, uh, you know, just, just powerful, powerful stuff. It's a real good start.
3: Oh yeah. Give me Corduroy is an over at any time. I don't care if it's a festival or an arena show or a stadium show. Corduroy immediately gets every, well, like, you know, you, you guys have said from the beginning, it's a song that when you hear it, you finally know you're at a Pearl Jam show. Mm-hmm. Give me that from the very beginning. The way the song builds up, the the way it explodes kind of halfway through and at the end, like, it's the perfect opener. I, I'd be okay with them opening with it every other show, every third show, if they, if they had to. But yeah, you can totally tell the band's having fun. He does change the lyric at the beginning to instead of and he says we're finally here like he kind of mm. smiles like oh we are finally here again like he he's yeah, kind like, sort of like yeah. remembering the 92 show and re- remembering how special that was so yeah you know they were excited to be back and uh, Cameron absolutely killing it with the, with the drunk Oh, uh, he's he, he has a he's monster beating show the yeah. shit out of his drum set. yeah he's, he's on fire. So yeah, no wonder why gloves. he used
0: gloves back then. Got I blisters all over me fingers there.
3: Um Oh yeah, he would he would he would work it down to the bone. Yeah. Perfect perfect opener with Corroy right here.
0: Absolutely, um. and and it flows right into an amazing break or fall. <laughs> songs are fantastic from this show. Ed is, is is shouting with that growl and you see the crowd surfing and it's incredibly active. You know, Cameron's driving the pace and everybody's so freaking tight with it. it. It's perfect. It's fast. It gets you through it and that's all you want from these songs is to just hit you hard and to to go by like seconds.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk about Binaural for a second because you know, like I said, the album comes out a month before this, and how great are these versions of binaural songs, like you mentioned, but I want to hit on the
0: that. It's like, It's some of the best versions of binaural songs I've ever heard. Like,
3: it almost makes you wonder, like, what happened in the studio, because, like, we're, I know they're working with a different producer, working with Chad Blake, working with this different recording style. But, you know, we think of it in hindsight 20 years later and Binaural has a reputation as being this kind of weird, out there, kind of spacey album and, like, it's difficult to get through and, like, they hardly ever play anything from it. But watching this show, you're like, these songs fit perfectly in with the Yield songs, with the Vitalogy songs. Yeah. Like, like th- th- this could have been... They just, they just didn't capture, I don't think, the their live energy and, like, you know... You go back and, like, talk about the pro in 20 book all the time. You go back and read, like, they talk about, yeah, it was kind of weird in the studio. Like, they maybe weren't firing on all cylinders. Like, they maybe weren't working together like they had on No Code and Yield. It was kind
0: of a difficult Oh, Ed's time. writer. Writer's block.
3: Yeah. Stone, I think, says, like, you know, that one maybe isn't one of the great ones. So, yeah, but, like, you... I wonder, like, what would have happened if they had just gone back to Brendan or, like, I know he came in later and, and mixed some of it. Like, they didn't like the way that, that Chad Blake had, had handled some of the faster, like, more up-tempo songs like A Breaker Fall. But, yeah, like, binaural, it almost – what would have happened in an alternate universe if it if it had been this, like, kind of wide-open – arena rock kind of album that almost like a yield part two you know right i think songs these these
0: performances are amazing songs like Like all the binaural performances stand out songs like breaker fall and insignificance would absolutely have more of a of a live presence than they do now and and you would think i think we talked about it last episode about the binaural songs and light years and its significance might be the ones that have stuck around the most, but even you can't really say that because it's been so little that you're kind of grasping at at straws to figure out, you know, the ones that, that do stand out from, from the pack on that. But it really, it's not much, but you're right. If, if it was an album, that was more,
3: I might have to move binaural into my top five. Like, I think it may be above just from this this show. Yeah, going back and listening to it, like, yeah, like it's it's such a strong album front to back. Like it just, for whatever reason, we just don't give it. It just doesn't usually get the credit. People, people it flows it weird. To me, it flows weird. weird and difficult. Yeah, but,
0: but still, I, li- I such, like such I like I like when songs. Like. I like when songs like just ebb and flow, and then individual songs are great. But you go from nothing as it seems and of the girl. And you sort of get lost in the middle there. Like, there needs to be something that hits you back again before you can get lost again, you know?
3: But again, just, you know, take it, just listen to the songs. Don't just take it song by song. And just unbelievable songwriting, like, so good. The guitar playing so good. And they were, you know, even stuff like Evacuation, stuff like Rival. Like, yeah, I I definitely am going to have to move binaural up in my album rankings
0: after break or fall you just you just keep that momentum this is this is that festival momentum the fast songs the ones that are two to three minute songs that are just going to hit you in the right way that you can sing to that you know all the words animal and hail hail fit beautifully they're perfect in that you know you feel a couple of no coders in this show surprising yeah. i even for especially for a festival but they all fit in so well with the bunch it's weird because yeah, this is a binaural era show, but you can kind of put this in almost any era and it would work and it would still feel like it's them. Mm-hmm. You know?
3: Oh, oh, Hail Hail is perfect. Like Ed's doing all the little he's adding all the little touches that he normally does, like Hail Hail to Lucky Ones in front and he's doing all the ha 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 like right. I the little extra vocal little things he does and you get really good shots of him up close and he's doing that thing where he sings with his eyes roll back in his head. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you, he looks so intense and it looks so weird. But, like, the, it harkens back to, like, that 91, 92 performances, you know, where he's really... Again, he's really tapping into something, and he's—you can tell—he's really getting into it. Right? Uh, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, hell, hell is. is absolutely a highlight.
0: Yeah, I saw that with animal. I love versions yeah. of him playing animal live, and where he does kind of like uh, the one, two, three, four, five, and he—he just—you can see with his hand—he's like doing this grip almost with his hand when he's doing the five, five, and—and and, oh my god, like something's going through him at that point, and you know, it, it feels good. I think he sees everybody out there and it's almost no fear just just go there's for it
3: a, there's a power to it like it's a cliche but yeah you. there's some kind of there's something in the air when you have that many people synced up to music like this there, there's absolutely a power behind it
0: right and they gotta go in this with a lot of goosebumps too thinking about 92
3: yeah that's for yeah. sure
0: I um, have to mention too Mike Mike is basically wearing a suit and is the <laughs> most energetic in the band so you know that speaks volumes mike was definitely bouncing all over the place especially very early
3: well he starts off kind of slow like he starts off kind of just standing still and then i think sometime in break or fall he just explodes and almost yeah. jumps out into the crowd it looked like it yeah looked like he wanted to
0: oh yeah oh yeah for sure i think this is you know era of mike breaking out and being the guy to to watch along with ed on stage where while well, you go back to 92 and jeff is the one that's that's moving right. all over the stage and well
3: he was and again mike was dealing with all the a lot of personal stuff too like he talks about going through the Crohn stuff and he was battling like addiction to pills and all this stuff but, so you, you know on stage he was looking to like just let loose and go crazy
0: right it's definitely um a diversion from all that that's for sure yeah. so yeah after a really really just kick-ass open there. Uh, Ed says hello and asks if he can speak in English. He says, the only thing that I know how to say in Dutch is to ask for pot in a cafe. And uh, he talks a little bit about America being an advanced culture and they have a futuristic way of handling our overpopulation problem. They give each other guns and kill each other. Well, 20 years ago Hmm. and 20 years today and it's like nothing has ever changed which is yeah. why it's so crazy that rival isn't a more important song in their catalog I, oh yeah when
3: when he got to the part where he says this nation's about to explode like i almost started to tear up man like this yeah. song hit me in all of the right places when i was listening to this like oh it god is more relevant now than it ever has been That they they've released the uncensored jeremy video a song we're about to talk about where like they due to the tv censors in 92 they couldn't do it but you can finally go watch the the official uncensored jeremy and they they're putting out like a new choices t-shirt to like raise money for gun violence so yeah just as these two songs just as relevant now as they were back then
0: Absolutely. More. this is just i mean the powerful shrieking and after like after the chorus he does that little Yeah-hoo! like almost like a texan you know with a gun just yeah uh, just f- freely just and, shooting and the i want to have we
3: have we have a stone playing lead alert oh yeah rival too. stone playing that little ding, 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 that little like up-and-down guitar lead. The, the camera goes to Mike thinking that he's going to do it, but he, he's just playing the rhythm part. <laughs> they, they totally missed Stone playing the lead. But, yeah. Uh, oh, great, great performance of Rival.
0: This is the first time that we've ever gotten a cover Rival on our show. So that is a bucket list, mark it off, and uh, overall, just fantastic. They've only played it, like, two Twenty-two times? I'm about to get it. I've seen it once. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, 22 is the number. And they only played it five times on this little European leg. This is the live debut, Mm -hmm. this version. This feels, and this energy, even though they were on tour for about a month, this energy feels like they've been playing it all tour. I don't know what they were waiting for. And I don't know what about this song made them feel like it was, you know, maybe it was because it was a back half of a record that wasn't selling very well. But back, but see, the, like it, back it did, in like back this era, this great great. I, I went back
3: and looked; like it opened at number two. This sold two hundred twenty five thousand the first week. Like it, it was up there, but I don't think it had the staying power. Like nothing as it seems didn't really hit with radio.
0: The problem is, is they like, released it in May, didn't really get any play. and it's not like a summer album, you know. Hmm. So yeah, there might be something to them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think and again, radio down.
3: had changed. Like you're. A lot of your limp biscuits and the the boy bands that started, like they just there, just wasn't a place for for Pearl Jam on the radio in 2000. We, we've covered this before on different shows, but if you think about it, like you know, times have changed. Like this this album, it it sold well, but it didn't have the staying power. Like it didn't stay, it didn't sell well for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, right, right. It 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 had a moment and then it kind of faded away.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That's a really kind of good definition for this show. I think this is the high of the high points on the binaural tour. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, we'll never get to know what this tour, how it would have finished off and how, you know, the the America tour that followed, if nothing would have happened, you know, how it would have all went down. Um, but... Like this feels to me that the band's got nothing on their minds they're 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 free they're you know there's no oh they're
3: in they're in a great mood at the show there yeah they they come out and you can tell they're they're having a great time and the shows like that are always special when you can tell that they they're having fun on stage
0: yeah for sure absolutely um uh, we get to a little stretch here a lot of nice songs in this four song stretch but um First one is Jeremy, which is a throwback to the original Pink Pop set list, which, by the way, he's got a Tivoli shirt on here as well. And, All right. yeah, I, I think both Tivoli shirts have kind of been redistributed that I've seen. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's cool that that he brought it back, that's for sure. But, you know, not bringing back the original um but yeah jeremy's back into the set list you mentioned it a little bit before you have nothing as it seems as kind of your you know your your cool down a little bit mfc and habit and it's just such a strong section because it's such a diverse group of songs that you have your first massive hit of the night Your one that kind of You know, Mike can kind of play to the atmosphere and and you can hear in the back of that crowd. You can hear it as if you were up up front. It's that impactful, that version. And then MFC and Habit, which are two amazing songs that don't get enough credit that don't, you know, they're they're never songs that you would think, you know, create a 20 song set. And yeah, they're yeah. there, you know. And and this version of habit, especially, is a highlight of the show. Just seeing, you know, that that grit that Ed has. There's so much determination to fucking go out there and give them a power show. That even in that spot, that dead spot before going back into the chorus, Ed doesn't even do the um, uh, the child of the '90s part. They just yeah, go he doesn't right know, back into he has the song. nothing, Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: I got to think, you know, again, that that's part of the time moment as well. MFC's a short song, Habit's a short song. Yeah. And this is the Ed guitar section. They were still doing that. So the, the, we talked about how MFC and Habit kind of always kind of fit together live around this point. But Nothing As It Seems, I thought, was fantastic. Ed, again, being really intense in the intro. And back when McCready had the original original pedal that he played on, so you actually get the, yeah. the album tone on it, which sounds great. You know, evidently that, that pedal... Failed or broke, or something, so you don't get the same sound now, but right. looking at the setlist so far I'm, I'm look Vitalogy, binaural versus no code binaural 10 binaural yield no code like they are mixing it up perfectly oh it's it's
0: really diverse um, yeah this yeah. they they could have put it together better with you know the as much songs that don't get played a lot like a habit or arrival Within the songs that are, you know, pretty common for for normal set lists like Jeremy, Animal, the uh, Corduroy, those kind of songs, like that, yeah, like it's but it's such like no, a Given mix. to Fly,
3: no, Do the Evolution, no oh daughter, yeah, you know, not even an Alive in this set. So I give them credit for for mixing it up a little bit. It's it's well put together.
0: For sure. So you get a tribute for the next song. They're going to do Light Years for a woman named Diane, who I believe worked for Sony Music. If, yeah, uh, Diane Moose, who yeah. worked for
3: Sony Music. She had passed in 1997. She was only 33. I went back and looked at Five Horizons. They, they talk about it a little bit. But yeah, yeah. she was evidently a, a close friend of the band.
0: Yeah, and again, another binaural song that they just... Hit out of the park, and they're you know they're on all cylinders with this one. And unlike I mean, Rival, I'll, I'll
3: I'll give you a hot take. This is the best performance of Light Years ever.
0: I don't think that that's that hot of a take because th- this is this is the era where Light Years is supposed to be good. Yeah, it's supposed but I to think stand this,
3: out. If you, I think if you were going around and look this this is the best performance of Light Years that they've ever done. And now-
0: Show where you're so fired up, you can be, you can take that passion and, and kind of use it elsewhere, and that's what they do with this one. They, you know, it's not, it's not one that is going to get you all the crowd to, uh, to kind of mosh and, and crowd surf like they're doing in this. But this is just, it's holding everything together. It's, it's perfect. But in like the middle in, of the in
3: an alternate, in an alternate world, this is a huge song.
0: Yeah, and thin air from this album, to be honest with you. Hmm. I think they wanted Thin Air to be... A but, like, this it. was
3: released as the, the second single, and it just it went nowhere. I never heard it on the radio.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it deserves more praise than, than it got, but, man, I, it's it's fantastic. And you might be right on that. This, this might be the best, best version ever played. It,
3: yeah, I think it is, hands down.
0: Uh... Luke and Evenflow in the middle here, and you know this is just again you're firing them back up. You get a little a little bit of balance with MFC and Habit. You know take it down a little bit with Light Years. Luke and to go speeding into flow. This is this is just moving like a speeding train. This is this is great. I, I'm I'm just the only things I gotta say is I'm just enjoying the hell out of this set and just watching it and watching the crowd react to everything.
3: Well there was something interesting in Even Flow. Did you notice during the solo Stone walks off as well. Not just this is one of the only times you get Pearl Jam as a three piece on stage. It's just Matt, Jeff and Mike. There's no rhythm guitar during the solo. Like if you look at the stage like Stone and Ed both left. Hey! You don't even you don't even usually think about it because like oh it's even flow solo it's right great but like I was like I was listening to it, I was like there's no there's no rhythm guitar under this
0: right yeah
3: like there's just there's just the three of them playing it was really cool
0: yeah that is very cool you get uh this this combo of songs right here this might be one of the best parts about the set and I, I've I feel like it's going to be really hard to pick a top three because there's so many that you could throw in there and you know. It, it'll work and how can you argue it but Brain of Jay is just freaking madness it, it's just everything that they're doing in this it has that f- Ed Growl and you know the, the Stone solo in this is, is freaking perfect and he's in a zone and like in Rival he just gets a, another moment to shine they won't do Brain of Jay at a festival nowadays, they wouldn't bust this out they barely yeah, bust Yeah, another out.
3: song that Should have easily been had been played three hundred, four hundred times at this point. Like,
0: yeah. In in
3: an alternate world, it's it's another huge song of theirs. Yeah.
0: Right, but I mean, this fits in perfectly with what they're doing and just keeping keeping the crowd moving and keeping the crowd invested.
3: And yeah, and again, a festival. You know, they're trying to cram a lot of songs into a short amount of time. Brain of J is, I think, under three minutes as well. So that's one they can easily pencil in and be like, hey, another one we can get through real quick.
0: Right. It's almost, you know, you would think you need the breath after even flow, but even flow is, what, like a five minute version on this?
3: Yeah, you think MFC, Habit, Lucan, and Brain of J is equal to almost one even flow. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that's a good point. But... insignificance and i think when you talked about in the beginning that these are the best versions of binaural songs this one is one of the ones that that just absolutely stands out to me you, ed is in this trance he, he's in this moment where like nothing can harm him nothing can face him he's in control the whole yeah. situation it's just you look at his face and he is vicious
3: five horizons there's one from i think the day before two days before where they talk about it it hit right as like the sun was breaking or something and the sun was going down and he just kind of stand when when the song hits he just kind of like stands back and like looks up and kind of lets the moment hit him a little bit right yeah that's absolutely one of the best insignificances i went back and listened to it it's unbelievable yeah. And this one this one is right there too. It's probably it's probably a top 3 or top 5. It's significant. Yeah. I think we had some we had someone on Twitter comment that a, that a couple of these coming up were were fantastic and they're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. I and you know what? Let's not discredit Jeff because Jeff's backup vocals yeah. in most of these songs really stand out. Like yeah. you don't sometimes Jeff when he does his backups he's not like right in front of the mic and you kind of forget about him a little bit you're paying attention to Eddie but these Jeff is very very prominent in these songs and I think that kind of that took this insignificance to such a higher level and you know felt so much more important than uh, you know just a regular arena crowd
3: and this whole show too the combination of of Cameron and McCready whenever whenever they are on it elevates the show to a different level because they're obviously going to stand out, you know. And Jeff and Stone—not to take anything away from them—I absolutely. Jeff's one of my favorite bass players of all time. Stones, probably my favorite rhythm guitarist of all time. But when McCready and Cameron are on together, it's it elevates the show to another level. And and this is one of the best—the combinations of them playing that I've seen in a long time.
0: Oh yeah, that's—it's hard to pick a favorite from this show between the two of them and Ed. They're all just. Everybody's on. Everybody's on their A game, and I would I would say that, you know, I love Mike's guitars that he was using in this. It looked like he was just be- using beatle, beat up old uh, Joe guitars. He's using the uh, he had a Gretch at v. some
3: point. At the end, I think during, I'm I'm skipping ahead, but I think it was during leaving here. He had a he has a Gretch guitar, which is normally like. A big, hollow body, like, rockabilly, Brian Setzer, Reverend Horton Heat kind of guitar. Right. But it almost has, like, a Les Paul body to it. Was that the sky blue it, it one? Was, it was, like, silver, like, glittery oh, okay. silver. And white, like, it Oh, it's unbelievable, yeah. He's playing an SG at some point. He's got a Flying
0: V, like... The yeah, Flying he's, he's V stands out, out to, to, to me. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, these, I mean, classic, classic bike guitars here. Uh, Better Man, Rear view mirror, once fucking up, like, pick Back your... Yeah, pick your favorite from this and, you know, again, these can be, most of these can be top three moments of the show, especially Rearview Mirror, which this is like, this version of Rearview Mirror is the kind that if you think of live Rearview Mirrors, this is what it sounds like in your head, where you go through the bridge and they kind of go into a a little bit of a spacey version. It doesn't take too long and then they kind of build back in uh, to the top, but I feel like that's the definitive version of Re- Rearview Mirror Live. <laughs>
3: the look on Ed's face right before Rearview Mirror kicks back in is just like it's unbridled joy like he just is feeling it 100% he's totally in the moment and it it was special yeah Rearview Mirror is great
0: yeah you know as usual (laughs) yeah not bucking the trend there jeez Uh, Better Man like so much great crowd participation obviously you know you get a crowd of that size and the song that everybody knows it's yeah again 60, that's again, people. It's
3: another one where I would have liked to have listened to an audience recording to hear everyone singing along because I think it it missed a little bit of that in the in the cedar. and this was really early in the in the bootleg soundboard recordings I don't think nowadays I think they do mic the crowd to make it part of it but I don't think they were doing that in 2000 right. they had just started to release the these shows so They were still, it was still kind of in the infancy of of getting the sound right and getting the mix right. But yeah, you don't get a lot there. You don't hear a lot of the crowd like we normally do in in these uh, official releases. But yeah, I think Better Man suffers from that a little bit. And it's, you don't get like a really long tag or anything, just kind of a straight through. But again, the crowd absolutely loves it.
0: Um, Before, once, and fucking up, Ed kind of mentions, or in between the two, I I don't remember what it was. Ed kind of mentions, you know, your survivors, you uh you're right. hanging through all this for 3 days and that that was the spot that kind of reminded me of the you yeah. survived today yeah. speech and you know, just these moments you, you just remember when Ed Oh yeah, you, you s- see do a, a crowd, crowd shot
3: during once and like you see 40,000 people throwing their index fingers up in the air. Right. Like yeah, it's a special moment. Yeah, yeah. and again, the later versions of once I've talked about it like it's become that crowd moment song. And I, I think it's a lot better now than it used to be.
0: Yeah. Uh, f- fucking up to close this set is great too, because I don't, I don't know if they knew that if they were coming out with another uncle on- right, or not. Right. Cause it seemed like Ed, kind of comes back and he's got this little smirk on his face like oh we got a, we got right. another one for right. you." so they're playing fucking up as if they're leaving the stage and saying goodbye and, and it's just yeah i think so yeah and
3: they, they're totally having fun at this point they know what they've done they know they just put on one of the best performances of the tour maybe of in the last few years and they're absolutely just playing around at this point fucking up is one you always get when when they're in a good mood and this is no exception
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, they come back on stage and addresses Brett Elias. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him yeah, do this in before.
3: The, I know. Yeah, he's back. He's, you know, a mile away from the stage in the tent running the sound.
0: And you actually hear him. He actually yeah. responds.
1: I need to ask someone at the board a question. Hey, Brett, are you there? Can I hear you? Brett, do you have the tape from last night? This is just a personal thing I have to take care of. Thanks for your silence. Do you have the tape from last night? Not on me, but I do. Uh, is it back there? Uh, it's probably on the bus. Oh, it's on the bus. OK, never I mind. Have a no, I have No, I need a cassette. So um, I'll get that before I leave, OK? OK. OK. All right, just had to take care of that. <laughs> if he had it and I know that we're leaving right after we finish playing I was going to have you pass me back so I could grab it and then bring back up because I, I think I could trust you to do that
0: when you're thinking about it, it it's kind of silly of him to do but it's also it's, it's just wasting a little time on stage having a personal conversation with your soundboard guy and he's asking well, for... Well fans
3: him, do this all the time you just oh, yeah. normally hear it Yeah,
0: but it's not at Massive festivals like this. <laughs> Did he do a
3: DJ set after this? Did he go and, and I don't play think songs? So. No, I don't think I, so. I think he might have been asking, or he was. Maybe there was a performance. I went back and looked if there was a performance from the night before. That's what made me go back and check out that insignificance. I was wondering if there was a performance from the night before that really stood out that maybe he wanted a copy of to play or something. But yeah, yeah, and then you, yeah, you get to hear the their sound guy come in and be like. No, I think they just have a little conversation. Oh, it's on the bus. <laughs> Can you but imagine again, if he it, had actually – if he, if they had been able to pass that cassette up through however many thousand of people oh, God. to get to the stage? Somebody would have run off with that and had a, a pretty good souvenir.
0: Yeah, seriously. The second person in would have been pocket. Thank you. But they're right, – you know right. what? They're nicer over in Europe. I bet I bet you it would have gotten to Ed. If, maybe, if maybe. there were all eyes on it, yeah, it would have absolutely gotten to him, but probably yeah. not. I would have written
3: my I would have written my email address on it and been like, "Hey, send me a copy."
0: Right? Seriously? Yeah. I wonder my, what happened.
3: My UGA email address at the time.
0: Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it was sitting in a shoebox somewhere right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just yep. Kind of in in the vault like everything else is. You know, just sort of. Yep. I wouldn't say collecting dust, but man, share it with everybody. Please, but yeah, I, I, I guess not every single band gets to have an encore at a festival show, and this is a quick show as it is. It's it's ninety minutes. It's it's straight through, and but it, it, that's the thing. It feels just as quick to get through this show that it does the ninety-two show. Like everything here, there's so much. There's so much that's just speeding through. The middle parts of the set that you got to watch it twice. Yeah. You really got to take everything in, you know. To... And they
3: were playing in the daylight, so it had to have been like before six or seven o'clock.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. That's Local a good point. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the close of this show out with Black and Leaving Here, um, just great versions of both songs. Uh, you know, Ed barely ever sings the do 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 and he's doing it at the end here and he's tapping into something and you, you just you never hear him sing that part always lets the crowd do it, and he always just kind of, you know, he kind of lays off, and he does his own thing. He either improvises or does the We Belong Together tag, but he decides to sing it in this one. I think that's pretty that's pretty memorable yeah. if you're, you know, yeah. thinking back to, you know, this version and this show. You know, I, I, th- I think about, you know, this moment for sure.
3: Oh, yeah, and I, it kind of, like, struck me a little bit because coming off of that set, you don't expect him to, like, slow it down and and hit with a song like this you'll make expect like something a little faster maybe um but yeah black coming out like yeah knocked everyone on their on their butts for sure
0: oh absolutely and then you, and, an, and and
3: like another chance for recreated to go
0: off yeah and then you finish the set with leaving here and uh, you know fun, finish on the high note thing. yeah right yeah. just and they were having so much fun on stage i think at at this point ed had some tambourines at this point or was it fucking up i can't yeah. remember
3: i think it was fucking up you the, it's ed, very loud yeah. right He he smacks stone in the face
0: yeah yeah and he smacks stone with the fa- in the face with it right
3: <laughs> i believe so yeah yeah uh,
0: yeah they're all, in, just having, all in good fun right they're just having fun so much fun during this set like you can see ed is playing around with that riff that he does sometimes with leaving here You can see like he has that little that devious look in his eyes like am i gonna do it am i gonna do it and mm-hmm. they go into it and it's freaking awesome way to way to end the set you'd never see something like this end a festival set yeah. this is just crazy it's, yeah. it's such a such a freaking awesome show as it is yeah so many good moments from this you want
3: right? to give your three
0: do you want to give your three or do you have to i've got i've
3: them? got my three I was going to give got, you a chance to go.
0: I got to think about it because okay. talking about some of these has either changed my mind or forced me to change my opinion.
3: Hmm. Okay. But, my number three is Rival. The, the debut, again, I talked about this nation's about to explode, Stone playing the lead guitar perfectly. I thought it was one of the best performances of Rival I'd ever heard. Uh, number two, Corduroy. Being the opening song coming out we talked about how they're having fun he changes the lyric to we're finally here like gives a little smile like they know the history the of where they are they're glad to be back in the place where they had such an epic show in in 92 and cameron just knocking it from the beginning knocking it out of the park uh corduroy's number two and then my number one no surprise the best performance of this song ever light years
0: you know what? I can have a totally different top three. Even though maybe one of one or two of those could have been in my top three. The beauty of this show is that you can pick so many different moments to that stick with you. So I'm going to pick a different top three because honestly, there's about ten of these moments that that could be in the top
3: three. Mine will be better, but you can go ahead and do your thing.
0: Um. I really like this version of Habit. It just, uh, it's just stuck with me. It just, it feels like everything that they were channeling from, you know, the old, their old self is brought back to this stage. And, and, uh, you know, it fits in so well. It's not a song that gets played at festivals or really even nowadays gets played at all, but you know, it just fits so well right in the middle of, of these songs right before an even flow, everything fits in so well this whole entire set but yeah um my other two I'm going to go insignificance cuz that was just freaking fantastic you okay. got to put something from Binaural in there
3: oh yeah yeah and oh yeah the the true number one is the combination of breakerfall rival and the things it seems like yeah insignificance you know, like so good yeah,
0: it's tough to not say, like, the first five songs because it's just a highlight in themselves. Like, Break or Fall, Into Animal, and, and Hail, Hell was just—it felt perfect for, for a festival. I, it's it's tough for me to just pick one. Uh, this Rearview Mirror, people, people speak very highly of this version of Rearview Mirror. They say it's one of the best versions they've ever heard. Like, that, that's just— it's given it a distinction that's just wow. That's you know, um, all right, man. I, I'll will just I'll just do the same thing. I love this version of Rival. This version of Rival was really yeah, good. yeah. It's hard not to put this in a top three. I you know bring this back into the set list. Play it exactly exactly like this. Find that energy that you did that day. I don't know why they couldn't do it. You know, more and, and the way 21 other times
3: it, it might be a song that that gets brought back and and whenever this tour comes back
0: yeah, yeah i know but man there's so much to do and there's so yeah. you know maybe so so little time to do it but fuck uh yeah i would love for it to come back so um this this one isn't going to be difficult to rate I, I i think we might have the same rating on it
3: okay what do you got i think it's a i
0: think it's a perfect score
3: yeah i thought about i thought about going with a like a 9.5 or a 9.75 just because it's short you know if you can but well, it's not really Pink fair to, to dock points it's not fair to dock points based on on length they they're working with what they have but yeah this is absolutely one of the top shows in their history it's in the top five percent top 20 top 30 top 50 shows whatever however you want to do it this definitely belongs there
0: and it, I think the important part from this is that it just has staying power. We talked about the versions of insignificance, this rival, this fucking up, this uh, rearview mirror. It gets shared all over the place. Like even if you haven't fully listened to every single version from this show, you recognize this show from the thumbnail when when anybody shares the a link to to one of the videos, you can see ed shirt and you you can recognize that's where that performance is from and it i feel like that that's important and i know the crowd has such a you know everybody wants to see a, a wild crowd and and see how they react to them and and this is i don't think they play bigger crowds than this maybe some of the the brazilian crowds yeah you know, lalapalooza
3: ones got close to like a hundred thousand yeah yeah but,
0: you know, it, you just watch it. it, it the visuals are just amazing from the show. I think maybe maybe that's the top moment. Maybe maybe just seeing the visuals and, and, and getting the feel that they're just on top of the universe, being one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Like, it's just, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pr- pleasure to watch them. Agree. <laughs> Not much to disagree on there. <laughs> um... We're sticking with festival shows, so I don't know if I'm going to like this as much as I like this show. I think this show is so much different, but we're going to do next week, we're going to do the Bonnaroo 2008 show. Um, and I've listened to this once or twice, and there's some really important stuff from this show that's you know kind of in the same nature of Pink Pop, but it's a different time period of festivals. This is really kickstarting. Pearl Jam being a different kind of festival band. And that'll be interesting to sort of dissect any other closing thoughts. Did I, so I, I feel like I pressured you into a 10 there.
3: No, I, I was, I was thinking about it.
0: Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's good. I think it speaks volumes for anybody that's listening that we can both give a perfect score on a show. And is this the first time that that's happened? Probably yeah because i don't think i gave a 10 to soldier field even though i probably should have yeah i probably gave it a nine i don't know why i think i was just being too critical to be critical but you know uh you see a crowd like this and how can you not we want to do that last fan standing thing so if you're interested in that get in touch with us uh, We want to hear your Wrigley stories. So live on Four Legs Podcast at Gmail dot com. Send us all your stories. Send us uh, anything you want to share with the show. Yeah, a lot of a lot anything of people have reached
3: out and and talked about you know how WMA is kind of kind of climbing up back into their playlists and mm-hmm. kind of having a new meaning with everything that's going on. So if there's if there's a Pearl Jam song that that's kind of hitting you a different way now with everything that's going on, let us know. Like I talked about rival listening to that just kind of punched me in the face. Cause I hadn't listened to it in a long time, but oh, yeah. if there's, if there's something like that, that's uh that's really hitting with you really resonating right now, definitely let us know. We'll talk about it. I hate giving a shout out, but you know, absolutely good job to all the protesters still out there doing their thing. We absolutely stand with you there where it looks like we're starting to make some progress, even though, you know, things are, things have been terrible. Definitely some bad things have happened, but it looks like maybe the tide is starting to turn. Hopefully that doesn't age poorly since we're recording this the week before. But, um, absolutely stand with those people
0: 100%. Yeah. Black Lives and, Matter. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. I think that, um, you know just just keep it up it, it, you know your voices are being heard but the minute that you stop talking and the minute that you know we stop we focus on something else either you know something else that that's happening in our society or you know uh, maybe something that's happening in i don't know the media or something like that whatever goes on we we get we as Americans tend to get distracted and yeah. focus our attention on that. Something like, I don't know, Tiger King. If if another Tiger King type thing happens in the middle of this, it's gonna ruin the mo- all the progress and momentum that we've made. Um and right now we can't we can't let anything halt that. So
3: Yeah well that that's that segues into something too because a lot of the stuff that we were had planned on covering, a lot of even a lot of entertainment stuff is being postponed right now because people yeah. don't want to take the spotlight away from the Black Lives Matter protests and, and away from what's going on in this country. So, yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, you and I had even talked about, you know, not doing an episode. We didn't promote last week's episode. Yeah, we made a conscious we, we uh, might decision not even on do this. That. We might not even do this one depending on how things are going, but Right. Yeah, I, I mean, and we talk about it too like the the show that Pearl Jam was supposed to do, the the all-in concert, the the social distancing concert, whatever they were calling it. That's been postponed until, I think, the 24th. It was supposed to have been on the 10th. And, like, a lot of things are are getting pushed back. So, yeah, you know, we're leaving this here for whenever you guys get to it. We know things are tough. Things are busy. You're you're watching the news. You're looking at social media, trying to figure out what's going on. But, you know, we're we're leaving these here, you know, for whenever you get get to come back to them. But, yeah, definitely donate to to support the protesters support black lives matter uh whatever whatever you can do helps
0: all right let's uh let's close it on out this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always for pink pop 2000 and by the way we failed to mention this was an around the world episode this this covered the netherlands sure did so another one off the map you know, we've been doing so much of those lately that we just kind of, you know, it's it's becoming, it's becoming normal, and this almost doesn't feel like it's an international show to put this in the same landscape. But you know, it is, and, yeah. and we we got it off the checklist. We'll get back to the states soon enough. Absolutely. So we'll see you next week for Bonnaroo 2008. Black Lives Matter.